welcome to a new episode of Thinking Aloud About Film. I'm Jose. I'm Richard. And today we're going to be talking about El Espejo de la Bruja, The Witch's Mirror. Is this part of the Mexican series that we've been looking at? Now? Yeah, yeah, so it's the penultimate one from that series, yeah. Uh, what did you think of it? I enjoyed it. I, it, was a very, yeah, it was a very entertaining horror film. It, I don't think it was a particularly good film, I, okay. I would say, but I had fun watching it. <laughs> I loved it. It was hugely entertaining, campy fun, I think. Yeah, if you're thinking, is this a great piece of cinema, a work of cinematic art? No, it's not, right? But I found it hugely entertaining and very interesting from a, you know, from a historical point of view, right? Because one sees in the film traces of, of Rebecca, of Frankenstein, of um, Franju's Eyes Without a Face, yeah, uh, later on, one sees the influence of this film on uh, Almodovar's The Skin I Live In. Yes, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, what's The Hand in, is it The Addams Family? Yeah, but also, and also the, the Peter Lorre one. The Beast with Five Fingers. The Beast with Five Fingers. It just right. felt, it felt a little bit like, you know, he, he, he'd kind of done a mashup of various horror films. And then when, when things started to get a bit dull, he chucked another one in. <laughs> I mean, it does have a bit of that. It isn't genuinely scary, I don't think. No, no. Uh, and I also don't think that it's about anything, right? So, you know, on the one hand, it's positing reason versus magic, right? But, you know, it's, it's, it's just a way of structuring a melodrama, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it has this kind of pseudo-academic introduction where this pretentious voiceover tells you about the history of witchcraft implies you're going to watch this very serious film about witchcraft is mm. it, it, it's nonsense really and yet those <laughs> drawings at the beginning are goya's drawings yeah 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 exactly yeah. and again they no relation to anything you're going to see no. in the film. <laughs> <laughs> well why don't you first tell us the plot it's a crazy crazy plot so the, the it starts off this the, the the witch who of the title is 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 a housekeeper uh, and her goddaughter is the lady of the house so her goddaughter is married to this rich guy this doctor the witch warns her you know has visions that she's going to die um to warn her you're you're going to die your your husband's going to kill you there's gonna, there's this other mysterious woman we're going to see um and then the witch then kind of begs to her familiars you know these these demon, demonic spirits you know, save the life of your of my goddaughter. The demonic spirits are like, no, nah, no, nah, we're not. We can't do that. She's going to die. Um, so okay then. So she dies. Uh, yeah, she's killed by the husband. And this is very early in the film. The husband then, you know, sometime later, turns up at the house with the second wife, and then the the witch proceeds to enact a terrible revenge, um, and all sorts of terrible things happen involving. You know, fire, disfigurement, uh, dismembered corpses, disembodied hands, plastic surgery, um, grave digging, all of that stuff. And <laughs> as as a policeman says at the end, nothing like this has ever been seen by a human being. <laughs> it's a hodgepodge, and it's got it's 
it's a bit campy, but I think it really works. You oh, see. I, yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, it's, it's quite short. It's hugely entertaining. There's one point at the end where I, I, I mean, I, I very rarely, if I'm just sitting and watching a film at home, I'm very rarely actually kind of laugh out loud at something that I did. I did at one point at the end, the bit with the hands near the end yes. of the film, which is just hilarious. Um, but, but you know, it, it's it's great. I mean, it's it's it, it apparently had a it was released in the states at, at the time, and there was a lot of quite a few kind of Mexican low-budget horrors were released in English dub versions. It, it's a film that's known in the States among people of a certain age or something they might have seen in kind of late-night double horror, double bill kind of thing. And you can see why it would have that popularity. It's, it's a really skillful genre film. It moves incredibly well. The camera's always moving and kind of rearranging the compositions. And it looks smashing, right? And it's full of little camera tricks that signify so the, the coming from the dead the look into the mirror the mirror getting muddled the hands moving right it's kind of full of the special effects of that era it's not kind of top of the range i mean one of the things i was i was noticing was how when the camera moved it often lurched or it felt slow yeah that it, it wasn't kind of quite moving at the pace that it should. So I think there's also a kind of a difference between directorial intent or, you know, what the filmmakers wanted to achieve and what they were able to achieve. Yeah, and it does show sometimes, and, and for instance, the the shots of the, of the disembodied hand moving along the floor. This is possibly because we're watching a restored version, but you could, you could see the arm um, which was, was obviously they're trying to conceal the arm, but you can see, you can see the arm at the end of the hand. I think it's very ambitious and doesn't quite manage to achieve its ambitions. But yes. yeah, nothing wrong with that. I think the film missed the trick as well. It's not kind of very well conceptualized because initially I thought, oh, you know, this is all going to be about like a feminist sisterhood, right? It's like, you know, so the housekeeper is the godmother of the woman who she knows is about to be murdered. And she can't do anything about it because the devil prevents her from doing it. So, you know, and I thought, oh, well, you know, kind of they're going to, they together are going to get their revenge on the husband for poisoning the wife. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that, I mean, that's like five minutes into the film, so I think that's fine. <laughs> I know. But then the film turns it around so that, mm -hmm. you know, it seems kind of unfair that the new wife, who has nothing to do with anything that happened, is also made to pay a grisly price for just being loved by this man, right? The fate of the second wife, I think, is is possible, although the husband, okay, spoiler, the husband does wind up dead, but the fate of the second wife is possibly worse, I think. Worse than the first one. Yeah. So if the idea had been to punish the man, then they've gone about it through wrongly. Anyway, what I'm saying is that you know, this whole theory of sisterhood that the film sets up at the beginning, you know, and of women's solidarity against, you know, patriarchal crime or whatever, it's like immediately goes down the rails. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's thrown out the window because it's kind of, I mean, maybe it was beyond, you know, the conception of, of the filmmakers. I, the, the film I, I think, I think that's right. I, I, I think, it, you know, it doesn't feel like a film where the themes of it have been thought through. To that, to a, to any particular extent. I mean, again, nothing. And I'm, it's not particularly a criticism because it's, it's, you know, the the title of this seasonal movie is, you know, 
Mexican popular cinema, and this is what it is. You know, it's it's it's, it's popular cinema. It's a popular genre of film. It it's like watching a you know a fifties American B movie. It actually remind, visually kind of reminded me of sixties American TV show like The Outer Limits or The Twilight Zone or something. See, that's where I really would disagree, actually, because mm. and and <laughs> if I dare say so, for interesting reasons, because I think those shows are often conceptually more sophisticated than this movie, but they're nowhere near as visually elegant or interesting or imaginative, you know, as this this movie is. I mean, I think, you know, kind of, it's so art, everything is so artfully arranged in this movie. Yeah? Um, and I think that's worth paying, paying, paying attention to, really. Uh, you know, the film, it looks smashing. It works. I loved uh, Isabella Corona's performance as Sarah, the housekeeper, right? She's got like this marvelous um, stillness and equanimity, you know. And you might be mistaken for thinking that, you know, she's like the good person in the film, right? Instead of being like, you know, a helpmeet of the devil himself. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. It's true, actually, because it's an interesting the characterization of the witch. I mean, she's yeah. not, uh, yeah, she's not this kind of cliche demonic cackling figure at all. No. Um, not she's a, the not voice of conscience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of, I'd say you know the, the the husband is kind of a a kind of cliched horror movie surgeon, but she she's not a cliched horror movie witch. She's she's it's. it's uh, very subtle performance, I think, as well as subtle as you can get in a film like this. But also, I do think that some of the ideas are really good. So, her transforming herself into an owl, you know, and then into a cat, and you know, the thing with the mirrors, and you know, and the moon, and the incantations, and I thought, you know, all of that in contrast, and that stillness, in contrast to the sweaty freneticism. Of the husband, <laughs> yeah, is uh, um, well, it's marvelously entertaining, yeah. Uh, uh, aside from anything else, so again, you know, I don't want to make more claims for the film than it can bear, but also I don't want to minimize what it achieves, you know, because to be immensely entertaining uh, in this genre, in this way, because I think I also want to signal that it's clearly a low-budget film that doesn't look like a low-budget film. You know, you can tell that it's kind of like a low-budget film because, you know, the, it's basically four people, the, the, you know, until the end when, uh, you know, six policemen come in or something. Yeah, most of them aren't speaking. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's mostly a film that revolves around four people, all shot in simple interiors. Isn't it mostly on... Just two or three sets, I think. You know, yes, it's, it's all within the surgeon's house. And the, apart from the bit where they they go out grave robbing, which is the only, and, and again, that's clearly an interior, that's clearly a studio shot. But I guess a good comparison would be those kind of Roger Corman type productions, where it's like, okay, you've got four, I can give you four actors and these three sets that I've used on a previous film. What script can you write me to fit? And it, it's a little bit like that. Yeah, but you see, if we do look at it, at it like that then I think the film's achievements become considerable. It's better than that kind of Roger Corman or, or you know, Edward or and that kind of thing. It's not, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's nowhere near a kind of Edward level no of quality filmmaking. I mean, yeah, I mean, within the, the clear limits of budget and so on, they've done astonishing things. I mean, all of the special effects, 
you know, the transformations, the hand movements, and also just the way that the film looks and, and moves. You know, this is clearly a restored copy, and someone thought that it was a film worth restoring visually, and I think the film bears it out. It's 1962, isn't it? And the, the, the effects of people and things appearing in the mirror, and, and you know, moving images appearing in the mirror, while other moving images are happening in front of the mirror, that's not a, at that time is not a simple thing to no. do. And, and, and it's just imaginative to conceive of doing it within this narrative. I liked it very, very much. I loved it, really. And, and I also, you know, appreciate its achievements. Yeah, so, you know, there's no point in kind of uh, comparing it to any of the great films because it's not a great film in that way. But actually, it's a very entertaining, very enjoyable watch. And, you know, and I think if it were to crop up on TV, I'd watch it again. I'd actually be quite interested to see what the what the American dubbed version that was released in the 60s looks like and sounds like. I mean, that's because that, I think that, that that's that's an interesting thing about this film. There's nothing particularly specific to Mexico about the setting, about the characters, about anything. And so you can see why it would sort of translate very easily into a, you know, a, a dubbed 60s American B-movie setting yes. where people wouldn't even necessarily be aware it was a Mexican film. One of the brief criticisms that I read on it says it's a uniquely Mexican gothic. And I was thinking, no, it's not. <laughs> like, you no, know, no. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, uh, when I was watching it, you know, I was thinking of Rebecca and Eyes Without a Face and, you know, Five Fingers and all those films that we talked about earlier, really. So kind of, you know, there's nothing uniquely Mexican about it, except that it happens to take place in Mexico, but it's happening all in the interiors and for people anyway. So, you know, it was interesting to compare to that Taiwanese film, The Bride Who's Returned from Hell, uh -huh. which was, you know, again, a sort of gothic melodrama, which was ripped off from a British novel which had been which had in itself been ripped off from, from Rebecca and various other things and again there's nothing you know it's clearly a Taiwanese setting Taiwanese actors but there's nothing it's kind of an odd cultural confection because you're watching this what's supposed to be a what was originally a kind of Victorian era gothic melodrama set in Cornwall and it's set in a modern house in in Taiwan these these stories are quite kind of universal I think and that's that's interesting Yes. I mean, I think what might be uniquely Mexican about it is, you know, the time it was produced, the people it was produced by, you know, the context of its production. I mean, I'd never heard of the director, uh, uh, Chano Urueta. Uh, I read uh, that it was written or co-written by Carlos Enrique Taborda, who, be, you know, who's someone who's acknowledged uh, uh, in gothic horror of the period and you know, ostensibly churned out a whole series of very well-known films. You know, there are obviously a lot of people in the film that uh, reverberate in other areas of Mexican film history. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, so it might have that role, but to call it uniquely Mexican in terms of the film itself, I think I don't yeah. quite agree. Yeah, I've actually just found... Uh... Not, not that I was bored while you were talking, I wasn't. Archive.org seems to have a copy of the American dub uh -huh. version, but distrib dubbed and distributed by 
Kay Gordon Murray, who was apparently a, a big, a big um, sort of distributor of um, of these kinds of B, of B movies. Um, so yeah, I'll have a, I'll have a quick look at that just to see how it compares. But so. okay, wonderful. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you want to add? No, I don't think so. As I say, it's it's, it's a it's a fun watch. This you know we we're, we're talking the day before Halloween. We inevitably <laughs> won't, won't actually manage to get this out before Halloween. But I think that this 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 will be. If you were listening to this before Halloween, I'd say this is ideal Halloween viewing. I, mean, I must say, just a word on, you know, this series of uh, Mexican uh, popular films. I think they're called Spectacle Every Day or something like that uh, on Mubi. Um, because I think, you know, they've, they've proven to be incredibly enjoyable, kind of very well chosen, very well curated. I think I've been learning stuff about Mexican cinema that I, that I didn't know about. So, you know, once again, just uh, our thanks to Mubi uh, because uh, The Witch's Mirror, El Espejo de la Bruja, is no less. I think it's kind of, you know, just it's been as informative and as enjoyable uh, as any of the others, though perhaps not as great as some of them. Yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for listening. We're thinking aloud about film. I'm Jose. I'm Richard. Bye-bye. Bye.